What is going on, guys? Welcome to In the Neutral Zone, the podcast where we talk all things NFL. My name is Gabby Gordon, your host, and I am very, very glad to have you joining me on this wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Can you believe that tonight we start week six? We are now through five full weeks of NFL football. Things are looking crazy in some certain situations. And we got the Commanders and Bears playing tonight. We'll get to that matchup later on in the show. But when crazy calls, we have to answer. And crazy has absolutely called this past week. Devontae Adams, the Raiders wide receiver. We know him. Most know him. I know him as a dear Green Bay Packers stud, Aaron Rodgers' main man. And now, obviously, he's no longer a Green Bay Packer. He joined the Raiders in the offseason. And clearly, he's not having such a great time with that decision. I mean, the Raiders, they suffered a brutal loss to the the, um, Chiefs. And not brutal in, like, it was a blowout, just brutal, heart-crushing type loss. It was 30-29. to uh, which moves them to 1-4. They're on bye this week, and they'll be playing Houston the following week, but their season has gotten off to a horrendous start overall. And if you were watching the end of the game, Devontae Adams had a perfect route, probably would have scored at the end of the day if he could have executed that route, but Hunter Renfro actually ran into him, or Devontae ran into Renfro. They collided mid-route, and then Carr throws downfield, And of course, no one's there to catch it because of the collision. Devontae was absolutely livid. He slammed his helmet to the ground, and that was the game. But that was not the end of the story. Obviously, emotions were very high. Devontae was very frustrated with the situation going on. He was leaving the field to get and head into the locker room when a cameraman kind of cut him off a little bit. I don't think it was intentional by any means. Uh, And Devontae fully just shoves the cameraman, knocks him down, and then just continues into the locker room. Well, today we know he has been charged with a city ordinance violation, according to a Kansas City Municipal Court public information officer. The citation states that Adams, quote, did, by an intentional overt act, inflict bodily injury or cause an unlawful offensive contact upon the worker, pushing him to the ground using two hands, and, quote, causing whiplash and headache and a possible concussion, and a court date was set for Thursday, November 10th at 1.30 p.m. Central Time. And, obviously, he has been facing legal discipline. Now he's going to potentially face discipline from the NFL. We could see a possible suspension from the NFL uh, and we'll see how that goes. But during his post-game news conference, he did apologize to the man, and he addressed the incident following the game. Before, before I answer anything else, I'm going to apologize to the guy. Some, some guy running off the field, and he ran. Uh, and I jumped in front of me. We were coming off the field, and I bumped into him and kind of pushed him, and then he ended up on the ground. So I want to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with him running and, and literally just running in front of me. And that was... Shouldn't, shouldn't have responded that way, but that's, that's how I initially responded, so I'm going to apologize to him for that. I mean, Devontae has never been that type of guy that would just completely shove a, a guy doing his job, and that's just what it was, down to the ground like that. He was the classiest guy in Green Bay. You never had a bad thing to say about him, always doing his job. 
I truly think he is 110% regretting the Raiders. They're 1-4. The Packers aren't much better with the loss to the Giants this past week. Look, that was a horrendous loss. But one has to wonder, if Devontae was there, would they have lost to the Giants? I say no. Rodgers doesn't have any true trust in his receivers right now. Yet they don't run the ball. That's a story for a different time. But Adams, with that frustration... It looks like it was pent-up anger just building up and building up and building up, and he just he assaulted someone. That's what it is, and it's, you know, it's sad to see from someone like myself who truly, truly loves Devontae Adams. It's, it's hard to love that action. Get this. The New York Giants are being called the worst 4-1 team in the NFL, and actually, worst 4-1 was trending on Twitter prior to Sunday's 27-22 win over the Green Bay Packers. But do we really think that the Giants care? Brian Dable, coach of the New York Giants, said, quote, I don't focus on any of that stuff. Quite honestly, my focus is on trying to do what we need to do each week and be as consistent as we can, whether we're 4-1, 1-4, whatever our record is, that's what our record is. I think the main point here is that the franchise is winning games. Nobody on 1925 Giants Drive seems to care that their four wins have come by a combined 17 points, especially after the previous five seasons, and they're in good company, very good company. The only other 4 and one teams are the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Vikings, and the Eagles are the only team undefeated through the first five weeks. To win in London against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And I know that the Packers are having wide receiver troubles, and to me, they need to run the ball more. That's just me as a fan. But to win against the Packers was a massive accomplishment that I really don't think any Giants fans had the expectation of. I think they set the bar very low. And this is ridiculous improvement from what we saw last season. Daniel Jones is is earning their respect as a franchise quarterback from the Giants fan base. I'll just put it that way. I mean, they rallied from 14 points down in the first half and shut out Rodgers over the final 30 minutes. Not many people shut down Rodgers. And Rodgers even attempted a Hail Mary, which is is scary to see Rodgers attempt because we know he can make it happen if it's meant to happen. And they strip-sack him. Those Giants, that time last year, would not have come back down from 14 points. They wouldn't have had the drive. They wouldn't have had the commitment. And Brian Dable just has a different vibe on that that side. He just has a different vibe coming through that locker room. I mean, their passing game hasn't produced big numbers, but they've managed to make enough plays to keep the offense from staying still. And Daniel Jones threw for 217 yards Sunday with a wide receiver who played most of the snaps, Marcus Johnson, coming from the practice squad. Jones also has 230 yards rushing this season, which is second among quarterbacks, and only Jalen Hurts has more. And Jones has already scrambled for a career-high nine first downs this season, so we're seeing him use his legs more. They're also, that offense, using play action a lot. They're actually using the second-highest play-action pass rate in the NFL, with 39.3 of their dropbacks this season, according to ESPN stats and information. So we see that they are working around Daniel Jones' strengths, and clearly his strengths are in play-action 
and scrambling. And they are using that to their advantage, and it is working. It is keeping defenses on their toes, and for the second half of the game, really shut down the Packers' um, defense. Also notable, Jones actually went 4 of 4 for 38 yards with three first downs passing outside the pocket Sunday. And he's now completed 63% of his passes outside the pocket this season. He completed 50% of his passes from outside the pocket his first three years. And that has been a long critique of him. He's too athletic and mobile to struggle throwing the ball on the run, but he is being coached up very well by this new regime under Brian Dable. And like I mentioned before, if we looked at that game being down 14 points originally last year, they do not come back and win. This year, they have a new type of resilience in them, and that defense has a new type of of fire lit under them. They are being resilient, and as some may say, they're bending, but they're not breaking. They are sixth in third down defense, seventh in red zone, and that has greatly helped to keep the point total down against them. And when we saw the beginning of the season, we saw how they came out on top. We are like, all right, this could just be a fluke. The Giants are the Giants, and usually they get the fans excited, and then there goes that. But 4-1 and one seems sustainable with the rest of their schedule. Of course, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are not an easy team by any means, but they're 3-2, and two, the Giants are 4-1, and one, and the Giants are also home at MetLife. And we also didn't think that they'd be able to defeat the Packers. So at this point, I really think anything's possible. I don't think you can count out the Giants completely anymore against a team like the Ravens. Maybe, you know, teams like the Bills and whatnot, but they're still very much in the question for continuing on this streak, and I feel like they're a legitimate franchise right now, and that record is very sustainable. A team that has been playing horrendous football as of late, that I have discussed in previous podcasts, thinking, oh, they're going to turn it around eventually. Oh, he's going he's gonna to turn it around eventually. Well, they haven't turned it around eventually. They have not turned it around. That's the Rams. And we have some unfortunate Matthew Stafford news That's not necessarily about Matthew Stafford directly. The Rams put guard David Edwards, who's in the concussion protocol, on injured reserve, which means that there's a real shot that we're going to see Stafford working with his fourth center in six weeks. I mean, that's absurd. I I always look back to two drafts ago when the front office did not select Creed Humphrey or Josh Myers and took another wide receiver. And the fans have been saying that forever as well. And now we see, you know, you buy all the way in last year to win that Super Bowl. All right, you got the you got the uh, the trophy. You hoisted it up. Congratulations, Super Bowl champions. And now look at you. You're two and three. Your quarterback's getting killed, and you're just you're just you're struggling. That's the really the only way to put it at this point. You are struggling. You've got that Super Bowl hangover. If I've ever seen one. And it's not like they bought all in just to win the Super Bowl and then now they're looking to rebuild this year and, you know, they're satisfied with that. They had legitimate aspirations coming into this year of winning back-to-back Super Bowls. That was a legitimate goal and legitimate aspiration for the Los Angeles Rams. And they're facing off against the Carolina Panthers this week, which the Panthers are the Panthers, but... Even though they're the home team, even though they're facing a 1-4 in four 
Carolina Panthers, I cannot tell you that they're going to win that game. I mean, I can't. They've played terrible on offense. Their defense is nothing special. They are the furthest from a Super Bowl team, and it is, it's ironic because it, it, it's just it's mind-boggling how much things have shifted for them from being Super Bowl champions to being 2-3. and three. They look like they have no life. It is Cooper Cup or bust. That cannot be how your team operates. And I did a whole bit on last week's podcast about Cooper Cup, and I'm not going to get into that. If you want to listen to my rant about that and those issues on the offensive side, you can go watch last week's podcast. But the bottom line is that confident goal, those quote-unquote aspirations for the Rams' season, it's in the trash. It's horrendous, and it's just it's hard to watch. It is a downfall if I have ever seen one. Let's look ahead to tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Chicago Bears hosting the Washington Commanders. Washington's 1-4, and four, Chicago's 2-3. and three. Let's talk about what we're looking at tonight. This, this is a boring matchup. This is just ridiculous. The Commanders are 19th in offense. The Bears are 31st. The Commanders are 32nd in defense. The Bears are 5th. The passing, the passing for the Commanders are 10th, 32nd for the Bears. Uh, they don't let Justin Fields throw the ball enough. Uh, and rushing, Commanders are 28th, Bears are 5th. It's it's a lackluster matchup. In the last meeting, that was September 23rd of 2019, uh, the Bears beat the Commanders 31-15. to But Justin Fields is, is nothing special, and I know it sounds crazy. I just said that the Commanders are 32nd ranked defense, but I picked him up in fantasy. I picked him up. I had the Chiefs in my fantasy roster. The Chiefs did not play great defense against uh, the Raiders. Let up 29 points to them. Arguably cost me my fantasy matchup last week. So I picked up the Commanders because I have no, no faith in Justin Fields. I just don't. He's just not there yet. And he just doesn't have a good enough team to be there yet. He is not awful. He is young and inexperienced and needs... He needs more guidance. And look, in week five, he had 208 passing yards, 9.9 yards per attempt, and he had a touchdown. That's a good game for him, but it's not a special game. It's not special stat line. It's not a special stat line at all, which is why I say he's not special. And I think that Washington could legitimately come into Soldier Field and take the Bears down. Now, the commanders are terrible as well. Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz, and that's never going to change. This season, he's got 10 touchdowns and 6 interceptions with a 62.9% completion per attempt percentage. They're rushing. Antonio Gibson has 2 touchdowns on the year and 56 attempts, 179 yards. Terry McLaurin, scary Terry. He's got 1 touchdown, logging 326 yards. It's It's... It is what it is. It's nothing special, and Carson Wentz has always and will always be Carson Wentz. The Bears do look to be the favorite in this game, which, you know, home, home field advantage, soldier field, you got all the Bears fans coming out on a Thursday night. It's a very boring Thursday night football game, and I would not be surprised if ratings are very low for this matchup. It's just not exciting. Doesn't catch your eye. You see Washington and Chicago, and you say, two 
not good football teams. I'm not tuning in. But now I have to tune in because I got the Washington defense and they can't let me down. So that's your Thursday Night Football Preview, folks. Again, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I believe it is being broadcast on Amazon Prime Video. And we will see how that goes. Maybe it'll be, a, maybe it'll be an exciting one. Maybe we'll see some high scores. I doubt it. Well, folks, that's all I have for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the In the Neutral Zone podcast. New episodes come out every single Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You've been listening. My name is Gabby Gordon. I'll catch you next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful week six of the NFL.